Hello, you're listening to episode 36 of the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast, hosted by Jordan Ross and Todd Cowart. In this episode, we go on the road to Nashville to meet and chat with Joe Pasapia about his new record, listen to samples of this week's upcoming bands, The Trainwrecks and Eric Culberson, and reminisce about the week prior with Levi Lowry and Waits & Co. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I am Jordan Ross. I'm Todd Cowart. Hey, buddy. What's up, dude? We're missing Trevor today. We are missing him. Poor guy. He's been in Atlanta at a cheer competition. He did a great job. He's a great cheer I'm sh- guy. I'm sure he. I'm sure he did a lot of cheering. He did. He has a daughter who's in cheer, and so yeah, he's was, a cheer dad. He's a cheer dad. He's a very reluctant cheer dad. It's all right. But you he gotta, he you does support it, man. Your children, right? Yeah, he does Whatever it. They're into that's cool. I mean, he was spent the entire weekend in Atlanta. We're not at that traveling age yet, but we're going to get there where our kids oh. are going to make us go to random places for extracurricular activities. I am I am reluctantly looking forward to that. Parenthood has all sorts of different... <laughs> it's stratified in different ways, right? yes. different layers. Of Maybe I'm going to get my son into like band camp, but then that would be like a touring band thing. Yeah. Is there, does that exist? Sure. Oh, cool. Uh, well... For example, Brian Sandman's um, son, Colin, is in a drum line. Okay. And they do like drum lines every weekend, but it's in Florida. That's a long drive. But he's a heck of a drummer. Cool. And he's like, what, freshman in high school? Do your kids want to be YouTube stars? Is that, I hope not. Is, is that something that your son is into? I don't know. I, I don't, don't think so. It's he's into Minecraft. Minecraft, yeah. But like I, the, the eight-year-olds and that I've found, is they don't want to be rock stars. They don't want to be... You know, the only thing they want is is celebrity. Do you feel that? It's weird. That's a weird yes. thing. Yeah, I hope, wait, it's weird. I see it all over what the What eight-year-olds do that? Does they your eight-year-old do that? Well, he doesn't directly say, I want to be a celebrity, but they want to be on YouTube. It's like YouTube is huh. the new broadcast mechanism for children. And, the, like, it is the only – think about it. From a chid, kid's perspective, it's yeah. Netflix or it's YouTube as far as, like, that's true. video consumption goes. And so, Man, yeah. Anyway. Wow, Sheesh, that that's scary. Tangent. Yeah, that's what they want, I think. But I guess it could be cool if they, you know, are trying to be a YouTube star in the way that they are, like, practicing an instrument and showing people how to do stuff. But so if- they can eventually be on the roasting room stage. <laughs> See how we pulled that back in? Let's get back to this. Okay. <laughs> that was a quick tangent. Sorry, uh, listeners. That was a head-turning tangent. Hey, this week at the roasting room, Friday, we got the train wrecks coming in. Let's have a listen to the train wrecks. Whiskey ain't my friend, no more. Well, here's a story for you. It shouldn't take long. Plot line's real simple. Fits into a song. You know that rot good liquor? Put you in a bind It goes down smooth And leaves an imprint on your mind And I guess whiskey Ain't my friend no more Ever since I crashed It long through the door Ever since I wound up naked On that motel floor Whiskey Ain't my friend no more That is the Trainwrecks Local Savannah Band Coming in February 23rd With Alexa Rose opening Alexa Rose, is she also a local? 
She's um, not. No, she's routing she's in. Routing in? Yeah. Cool. Gotta love those double bills, man. You get some bang for the buck, man. Very exciting. And that's a $15 ticket or a $10 ticket? That's a $10 ticket. $10 ticket. Get up here. 10 bucks. Check it out. Saturday night, we've got Eric Culberson Band coming in. That's a Blues 411 concert series. Blues 411 is going to bring all their people up here, and we're going to have a good old time with Eric Culberson. Let's have a listen to Stars in Your Tears, Eric Culberson Band. Neither of us wanted to hit pause on that one. No, that man. was really good, man. Yeah. Eric Culberson is from Savannah. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but you had something to say about Eric well, Culberson. Well, not much to say. I mean, his music speaks for itself. I, I, sure. There's very, but I, I don't know him. I know he's a local guy, and I know he's extremely re- well-respected, yeah. um, especially amongst guitar players. Um, John O'Gorman, local prodigy that everybody knows is a monster player. Yeah. John always says whenever he goes to see Eric Culberson, he just his jaw's on the floor. He's wow. just an endless um, fountain of musical creativity and ideas. Sweet. And that's, that's high praise coming from Johnny. That, yes, because yeah, Johnny yeah. O is... He's a good player. He's he's like that as well. Well, but you can hear it in his music. That's the first time I'd ever heard it. And um, it, I, I love career kind of guys, you know, and, and not to... I love all music, but especially I have, a, I have a soft spot for people who are are, are career and they've been doing it their whole life and this is who they are. And you can just hear it in his music yeah. and it's th- that he has spent thousands and thousands of hours doing this and he's definitely got his 10,000 hours in. Yeah, <laughs> makes, yeah. A, makes for a really good show. $15 it, ticket and there's only about 25 left. Yeah. And rightfully so. That's it should get really fun. close to selling out, if not selling out. Well, and right, so that songwriting kind of stuff that's real kind of like Hendrixy kind mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But then also he can crank it and open it up as a, a power trio. Um, I'm sure that it's going to be some super fun, like raw blues at times, as well as really great songwriting. So look Absolutely. forward to that show. Yeah. 
Todd, what did we do last week? Well, we I didn't mean, do a podcast. We did not, and, I, I, and we have to apologize to our loyal podcast listeners and our mothers. <laughs> Sorry for yeah, all four of you, right? That listen to this. No, that's not true. We we, we don't know how many people there. It are. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, but okay. the. Um, yeah, we missed a podcast, so our snap streak is broken. We had fifty-two or something in a row, or <laughs> not quite, or thirty-five something in a row. How many so have we done? We did, we did. This is thirty-six. Thirty-six. Thirty-six weeks of always good. showing up. So that's good. So it's sad that we missed one, but whatever. It's okay. We had an excuse. Here's our alibi. We went. Jordan and I um, went to Nashville um, to meet with one of probably my top. Um, favorite musicians of all time, really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joe Pasapia. Um, and then we were fortunate enough to sit down with Joe. Um, and at spe- his house, for goodness sakes. Yeah, at his house and spend a whole day with him, really. Yeah. Um, we drove up to Nashville. We stopped in Atlanta. We'll talk about that in a second. But we, we went to Nashville. Um, Joe just released a new record called Connection, which I just think is is an extraordinary piece of work. I, I really encourage our listeners. I know everyone's saying, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, noise, 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 consumerism. Just buy this. Just seriously buy this record. Connection by Joe Pasapia is such a great record. So uh, on his Pledge Music campaign um, months ago, when he announced that he was going to do a record, I, I, he had one category that was called Joe with Joe, where you could spend, I think it was 100 bucks or something like that, to have coffee with Joe Pasapia. As, and you get a copy of the record. And I'm like, you know what? I know I live eight hours away, but I'm buying that. I'm going to meet this guy. And it <laughs> yeah. was like on my agenda for the next six months, I'm going to drive to Nashville and have coffee with this guy because I really respect him. And then it, it just worked out that he was doing a residency every Thursday playing a concert um, uh, where he plays the new record cover to cover with the cats from Nashville that were on the record. Um, so chance just happened that I had a window. Jordan had, had a parents coming in town yeah, and we were like, we're going to Nashville. We dude. all had babysitters. Yeah. And so we did. So we went to Nashville and, um, we got to sit down with Joe Pasapia and, uh, it was awesome. We saw his studio. I mean, we saw where the magic happened. Right. We got to, you know, we got to touch stuff that he used all those records for. It was just amazing. It was an amazing day. And the show was at the five spot, which is just it's just a dive. It was the coolest thing, man. It was cool. It was the real East Nashville. This was all of these guys. The jo- and then so we're hanging out after the gig with um. With we the should guys. tell them what we were doing. We were we were eating <laughs> marinated olives and playing backgammon. Yeah, man, that's my jam. I'm down with that. Let's do <laughs> that, man. It so great. random. It was cool, man. But so the East Nashville that these guys really came from, they were really. The beginning of that scene, uh, Joe Pasapia and these guys back. Um, I mean, when you talk to Joe Pasapia and we're hanging out with the band, I mean, we're hanging out with Sam Smith, who is Benfold's um, drummer and, and just all of these people that were that were totally are in the scene, like with when the shins and Ryan Adams and all of those dudes and they kind of they call it kind of like before Jack White came to town, like <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. East Nashville that was like super hip. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to still see it. And then it was crazy for for me. So we get there, and I see Sam Smith, and I didn't I knew his name, but I didn't know his face. And Ryan Lerman had just recorded a uh, a new video um, on YouTube, and I saw it, and it's this great song called "The American Dream," um, and Sam Smith was in it. 
And so I'm such a dorky fanboy. I just went up to Sam. Like, you know, there's only like 20 of us hanging out in this bar. I'm like, hey, man, I, I loved you in that Ryan Lerman video. And it was just really cool. And he was like, and he's like, how, how did you, you know about that? Yeah, he's like, how do you know Ryan and he's Lerman? playing keys. He wasn't playing drums. He was playing yeah, keys. he was playing keys with Joe. Yeah. Um, but Ryan Lerman and Sam Smith both played in Ben Fold's uh, band. Ryan Lerman played bass. And Sam Smith played drums. And so Sam Smith and Ryan Lerman are like super tight homies, blah, 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 blah. These the cogs on these wheels continue to connect in my wor life. Yeah, your world is colliding. Yeah. In such strange ways. <laughs> so cool. But it was really hip for me just to be around these people that I admire so much. It was yeah. awesome. Well, we did an interview with Joe. And we're going to, uh, let's roll that interview. We had, a, we had a great time hanging out with Joe. And we had lunch with him and his wife, Jenny. Fantastic time. Uh, let's, let's have a listen. at the, I guess, the dining room table, if you will, of Joe Pisapia. Hi, Joe. How are you, man? Jordan, great. Thanks for coming by. So this was kind of a serendipitous trip. We went from, hey, wouldn't it be nice to, to have you in the roasting room, and not even a week later, we're like, hey, let's just go see him. Like, that's, that's pretty fantastic. Todd, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> we're on one microphone, so we're passing it back, so it's a little bit on. Yeah, but Joe just uh, released a great record um, last week connection yeah and so he's doing a live residency a weekly residency and uh, we thought it'd be cool so here we are we're gonna hang out with joe and then go see his show tonight so thanks for hanging out with us joe and absolutely yeah yeah so the album connection um was a little bit of a a, a different format for you i mean you have a long history in this music industry but uh do you want to talk about the pledge music thing a little bit sure you know i was even the theme of the record was connection and it was all going on this one premise of this Alan Watts quote that my wife and I heard where he's like, for everything that you're into, there are others in the world into the exact same thing. Don't change who you are. Find your people. Of course, that's my poor man's Alan Watts. <laughs> right he makes everything sound so awesome. And you're like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about, but I love it. But yeah, but I was like, oh yeah, that's so cool. Well, let's maybe hang the freak flag as high as possible and then see who sees it. And relates to it, and and so it's been a really great experience to, um, you know, see who's in. You guys are in. It makes me feel good. We're in. We so just had a great far, day yeah. about talking about it. So now we have nothing left to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking off mic, candidly. Yeah. Well, mm. a lot of people. Uh, everyone should know your music, but if people don't know your music, they might know you from your time in Guster for sure. So. Yep. Um, for people who don't know about that, you want to talk about Guster at all? Sure. I was, that was a, a, a chapter that began kind of, it actually began in 2000. Joe Mark's brother, my, my band that we had growing up um, with my brother Mark and Hags, uh, who I still play with at the Love In shows. Um, and we call our residency the Pasapia Love In, so there should be a little context there. For those who don't know, I assume people know yeah. my little community world. Um, anyway, so... We were opening for Guster. We met those guys. They really liked our music. They asked us to open. We became friends. And then when I was working on my record, Daydreams, 
Ryan and the guys were across the street at this studio called Sound Emporium. He would ride his bike over, and I said, well, I'm into this real folky music. Let's, uh, let's play banjo and use organ pedals for bass. And then we came up with the song Jesus on the Radio, which came out on their record Keep It Together. Long story short, they put a ton of overdubs on that record. They needed a third guy or a fourth guy to help him go out and play the record. And there was like, just for a few months, just for promo. And I was like, that sounds fun. And then it turned into eight years. Wow. Incredible. But it was like sort of, I was going to join them on the bus and the tour for four months. And um, we ended up, you know, writing songs together. And um, I co-produced two of their records, Ganging Up on the Sun and Easy Wonderful. Mixed a lot of the live stuff in between, you know, and all that. It was a, it was a good experience. Yeah, and, and your style is really, really blended, man. It was a cool yeah. mix. When they had that record Lost and Gone Forever, I felt like it was a it was sort of a diamond in the or what's the word? I'm trying to look for a good analogy or how you say that. Diamond in the rough, I guess. Of like the radio. There was kind of like the nineties, it was late nineties, and that record to me stood out on the radio. It was it like this weird organic power pop, you know, with really advanced harmonies and stuff. I loved the way it sounded. Maybe it's the sound of your laugh. Let's talk about even before. Let's go back even further. So you said Joe Mark's brother was your mm-hmm. band. How? When did you start? Where are you from? Tell me everything. Okay, let's go back. You know, to Livingston, New Jersey, Saint Barnabas Hospital. Night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so yeah, it was a cold. It was a hot July evening. Um, well, anyway, my brother and I had done a record with my good friend Steve Ward, who we talked yeah. about, and he has a band called. Fauna Flora, or maybe it's Flora Fauna. He's going to be mad that I said it wrong. But anyway. Um, anywho, he, um, we recorded a record at his apartment in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, before moving here in 1993, my brother and I. And I was like, under the guise of, let's move to Nashville. Let's make a record. Let's move down there. Let's put a band together. And um, that's what we did. You know, That record didn't come out for years later. Um, Long story. I won't go into all that. But we, but it's the record we came down here and kind of started to get our bearings with. And then um, we we created Joe Mark's brother. At first, we had a four piece band with David Mead, who's a great singer songwriter, favorite. Yeah, yeah and great, this guy yeah. Pete Langella, who became like a big um, sort of a, became a big officer at at uh, BMI, which does a lot of the you know Publishing, the music. Yeah, yeah music. Uh, society for your for your catalog and all that anyway so um we, we did our thing and then um and then it, it was around 2000 i just had the material for that record which is called daydreams and it didn't really fit the three-piece vibe it was more like of a folky jaunt and i was like you know what uh at that same time my brother and hags who were the other two-thirds joe mark's brother eventually became a three-piece after David left and Pete left, and we got Hags, who my brother and Hags were college buddies up in Marist College. They always had bands together up there. So Hags came down and joined us. And we started a new era of Joe Marks Bros, way more proggy and a little more heady and like a little less uh, power pop. It was more like just weird, you know, I don't know what kind of rock it was, very eclectic. And then, and then um, those guys 
had started playing with an artist named Josh Rouse, and Josh was getting busy. And so at the same time, I was like, oh, I feel like I want to do this solo record. It doesn't really feel like a band record. They were sort of getting busy with that. So it was very organic uh, changing of time right there, like a changing of the guard. Yeah, well, that Daydreams mm -hmm. record, if you haven't heard Joe Pasapia Daydreams, listen to that record. I mean, it, it is without question a, a top 10 Desert Island record for me. It, it, it affected me so much. I mean, it really, wow. it sounded like nothing I'd ever heard. And uh, I mean, from the, the, the gypsy guitar stuff to, it just, it just, it was so cool, oh, man. Cool. It is so cool. And it's, it's timeless. It's such a great record, man. Well, thank you, Todd. That's how I met Dan, our friend Dan, Dan Haas, singer songwriter from Annapolis. That's how Dan heard that record. And I met Dan. I loved his music. We worked on a record together. And I, th that's kind of my point about doing records. You know, it's like when you put out a record, it's like a calling card for, hey, uh, I don't know. It's, un it's an unusual experience in, in a person's life, I think, because you could think, oh, I want my record to be successful, quote unquote, whatever that means. What it really means is you're gonna you're gonna sort of meet all these great people. It's a way of it's a way of, it's an invitation yeah. almost to uh, to a community. As you know? the music affects people, they're they affect you, I guess. As, as Absolutely, and that's and that's what I've always gotten back from every record I've ever done. And that, I think that was the thing about connection was that has always been the theme. Is like man. Uh, every time I did a record, I even said it in my pledge music thing. It's just attracted all this energy and people and experiences. I would never have met Katie Lang if it wasn't for Daydreams because she fell in love with a few of the songs in there and then said she wanted to write with me and have me produce her record and all just because of me putting something out there that resonated with her, you know? And it took eight years to find her. It, yeah. did, it didn't happen overnight. So let's talk about the Katie Lang. And I, I, I really do want to talk a lot about your record. Sure. <laughs> but you're, you have so much history that's so interesting. But yeah, the Katie Lang thing. So she heard Daydreams, and then she was super interested in working with you. But that led, it, led on to a touring thing, right? Is yeah, Katie Lang is so... She's, she's one of the most... Uh, I don't know. She's kind of a magical figure because... <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like... Okay, so the first time I met her, this is so hilarious. And now that I know her more... Um, it makes sense, but at the time it was like, what? Um, you know, uh, we were at the Ryman. My friend was doing monitors for her, doing the monitor mixes for her tour. And I was building my studio. I said, Hey, Gord, Gordon Reddy, who's like a, he's like an acoustical genius. I was like, Hey, would you take a look at my room? Make sure I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And I'll buy you dinner. He's like, I'll tell you what, come over to uh, the Ryman. I'll introduce you to, uh, you know, the gang, because I've been telling them about you and this and next. We were on the road together with Guster. And so um, I said, sure. And so when I met Katie Lang, he said, my favorite singer, meet my favorite songwriter. And I'm thinking like, yeah, right. And then, uh, you know, I said, I'm a fan of your work. And, she, and she, you know, that cracked her up or something. I was wearing this sweater vest and she thought, when I saw you, Joe, and you were wearing that sweater vest, I knew we'd be friends forever. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, no, I knew it. <laughs> so weird and so you know th that was just it was kind of a magic day of like you know jenny and i my wife and i were there and we were just like hanging out by the monitor station we met her and then yeah one thing led to another and <clears throat> we just you know we kind of hit it off we just had a long conversation about life and you know all our philosophies and all that stuff and then we just started writing about it you know and um making stuff up you know it's beautiful yeah, yeah. the um 
And so then after daydreams, there was night vision mm -hmm. and another <laughs> record. I'm sorry. I'm such a fanboy. I just, I'm ah. embarrassed that. I'm sorry. I'm not being cool at keep all. Keep it coming. Just kidding. <laughs> keep it. Don't hold back now. Uh, no, it feels I'm good. I'm not going to lie. It feels good. <clears throat> no, but, but uh, yeah, another great record. But so let's get on connection, man. Um, yeah. And so you, you did it with the Pledge Music Drive and, and you know, the outpouring of support, it, 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 it worked. And you know the the old model of the A and R guy we were talking about a little bit briefly, but the uh, you know it, it's it's great that you're able to find your people, man. Um, yeah, that's what I thought it was a great tool for. Everything we're talking about, like hey, you know, um, and also it gives you a chance too. Like we were talking earlier, I want to give a little exposition of what we're maybe referencing and remind. Uh, ourselves of the conversation we had earlier, kind of breaking the fourth wall, which always felt like taboo to us growing up. Okay. Yeah. Because we thought artists were supposed to be mysterious. And now it's like more like, you know what? Those days are over. Um, people want to hear your honest, vulnerable points of view. And to me, maybe that even feels more natural than trying to create a mystique, which maybe is really not there. You know, maybe it's sort of all smoke and mirrors. And the pledge music has provided that way of being like, hey, just so you guys know, I have no idea what I'm doing. And some of this stuff is going to work and some of it's not going to work. Let's try stuff. Let's have some fun. And um, it's been a great experience, you know. I always feel like you should put the weirdest song first. The first song has to be like that. I don't know why. It's like, um, put this, put a weirdo song first, and then it's like, am I in or am I out? It gives you a chance to get out. Yeah. But then if you stay in, it's like, ooh, you know? It's like sort of like, Interesting. yeah. I always think of this, of, even though I'm not a sports guy, I always think of the first four songs as loading the bases. So if song four has to, has to be a big one. Has to be a big one? Yeah. What, what song I don't even know what song four I don't either. I'm hold looking, I'm looking at it right now. One, hold on, one. Two, three. The world has lost its faith. Oh, that's a great one. That's pretty. It's pretty good. It'll run. The, it'll run the guys in. I think. Well, you know. Yeah, I, that song in particular is the way that it's country is kind of. I, I. I don't know why I sort of. I thought that was appropriate for it to be country. I Not only know. is it country, it's like, I wanted it to be like the strictest country I could be. Yeah. Like not birds, but eagles. Yeah. Right. I don't know why. I, I don't know why that was, I, the I felt choice that appealed to me. It almost, the, 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 that form almost felt a little tongue in cheek a little bit with the uh, With the lyric, with, yeah, because yeah. it's a completely subversive title. It's not. I mean, that. it's a completely subversive song with the most benign, almost, you know, aggressively, you know, I tried to be as strict as I could with the country motifs, yeah. you know, but then get cartoony with them with the Moog and all that for the bass or Moog. It's, it's, should, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the, um, the production on Mirror, it really hit oh, me. Cool. I, I love the way, the way, you know, like um, your guitar is, is almost like brushes. Mm. Like, like the way I hear it as, as like just this beautiful sort of harmonic pad that just really floats, man. It's just... Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. If there's one thing I think I've gotten good at over the years that I feel confident in, and that's rhythm guitar. I feel like, and, I, and it sounds like something like when you're a kid, no, you, you got to play lead guitar. I grew up in the 80s. You had to play lead guitar to be cool. Right. But, but the older I get, I'm realizing, well, 
rhythm guitar is something to really aspire to. It takes, I had read something somewhere where it's like, first uh, half of your guitar playing life is, learn, is working on the left hand. Second half is the right hand. You could probably understand that, oh, right, Todd? Well, do yeah. we ever really get the right hand? I don't know. I know. And yeah. you see these people with a really good right hand, and you're like, well, there you go. That's the band right there. That's the rhythm track, you know? It's so cool. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to be... We, we were joking when we set up this interview, like, I'm probably just going to sit here and tell you all about, like, how I really love this part, and I love this part <laughs> of your... And I'm trying not to do that. But as I look at these record titles, I, I just... The production choices that you made, I mean, um, in uh, the, the, the presenting the beautiful stranger motif and, and, mm. and, and beautiful rearranger, uh, it's, it's, it's such a complete thought. And in a world where people are constantly, I said that, I said in a world where, but, <laughs> but when, when people are so distracted with 30-second Instagram clips, to sit down and really just listen to a record cover to cover well it means a lot for you to say that because you know it's almost like you have to put your expectations i think part of you know okay so i'm i'm of the age group where i have one foot solidly in the pre-internet world and one foot solidly in the post-internet world i have friends that are that i've had since that day and, and our relationship is have a different nature um, than the f- new friends I have. Although you have to just decide to have that kind of quality relationship with your post-internet friends. So it, I guess what I'm saying is like the lowering of expectations of how your re- of your music is received is something I think it's a pill you always have to swallow. And, and it becomes almost humorous. Like you have to have a sense of humor about the, it's like Don Quixote or something like, I'm like, oh, and then they're going to hear this. <laughs> I don't have any illusions anymore of who's going to hear it. So when somebody does hear it and they, and they say that, it really means a lot to me. Like it's, it's I feel that, uh, I, f- I feel what you're saying and it makes me feel really validated, um, which I think is something you, you, if you said that 20 years ago, people would think you were being desperate or needy. And I think, that's the whole theme of connection is like, if you really get it, no, that, that's what I did it for, you know? Yeah. Because you're right. None of us have the, the tendency to go beyond the 30-second or Instagram. I've been putting Instagram videos up there. You get a minute. It doesn't even, sometimes it doesn't even get through the first chorus, you know? Right. You know? So it's like, bore us. What is it? Don't bore us. <laughs> no, get us to the chorus. <laughs> you know, can't now you, you can't even can't go to the chorus. <laughs> you get the intro and V1 and V, you get V1A and V1B, half of V1B. And, the, you know, so yeah, it's brutal. But, you know, believe me, I feel the gift. It's the receiving of the gift when somebody takes the time. That's what feels so good is about. It feels so good. You took the time to listen. Yeah. Because nobody's listening. Yeah, How could well, you? Uh, Everything's well, beeping. This, this just went mean. For Sydney, I'm not even trying to look at it. And I, you know, I said Todd Cower at 3 p.m. <laughs> 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 I already well, know that. I think people are listening, Joe. I choose to believe that. And, you know, obviously you choose to believe that because you put so much love and attention to, to this record, which is as close to perfect as I can imagine it could be. And it's, it's beautiful. And I, I, I have faith in not only the people listening but you know that 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 this kind of music, and this format, this long format of music, is a valid thing, and it's 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 necessary. Well, 
thank you for saying that. <clears throat> That's what anybody would love that does a record is to know that it's still valuable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of guy too. I think and there's probably people like this that I like to spend a day with an artist. Like, you know, recently I was doing some house cleaning. It's like, I want to just hear Rufus Wainwright all day. All day yeah. Or today I want to hear Leonard Cohen all day. Or today I want to hear, I'm spending a day with Neil Young. You know what I mean? And just like have that artist almost in your home all day. It feels kind of cool to stay with them and then their train of thought, you know? Maybe people do that, other people, maybe they don't. However they use their Spotify or whatever they're doing, you know? It's available, though, if you feel like doing that. That's a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so wh where do you go from here, Joe? Is that... Uh, is, are you Pretty gonna soon I'm going to the five spot. <laughs> but that's not going to work for a podcast. That's not gonna, I don't want to be that literal. Are you going to tour on this record? Or well, any it's ideas? like um, uh, Jordan was saying earlier, you know, and even... I wasn't aware of the venue that Jordan is uh, sort of stewarding over. And like, you know, it was like I said on the radio in here in Nashville on XNA when they asked about touring. I was like, I love to tour, but I want it to be quality, just like I want the listening experience to be quality. We, we're spoiled in Nashville. There's these great listening audiences and the amount of connection that's made, the quality over the quantity feels really, it just feels validating and kind of sane to me. It feels very sane same way to deliver an experience and so i would i'm sort of very interested in doing house concerts doing listening rooms and venues and uh, and or like opening up for other bands at this point like i haven't planned that far ahead to be honest just because i've been like i've been really concentrating on like doing creating videos for this stuff and so i am like sort of thinking about being home trying to create live experiences in the studio but I'm sort of ready to do the right kinds of shows too. I'm not against it. Yeah. Well, and video performance is kind of a new type of of gig, man. I mean, getting good video is kind of a it's a new gig. I mean, yeah, people are doing it, and people are doing it well. Like we were talking about Ryan Lerman and mm -hmm. the Pomplamous guys, and you know Wolfpack, and yeah. yeah. Well, we're working on you anyway to come down <laughs> yeah. to the room. So. I like it. <laughs> um, my arm is twisted yeah. in the right way. Yeah. Well, I told a, st a quick story about uh, a friend of mine, uh, Shane Piasecki, who was just randomly a, a friend and knew him from when we both lived in the Toledo area. And that he was like, he felt like you were one of his mentors when and one of the first people that he met when he moved to, to Nashville. So we're trying to get him to to kind of be with you on a bill, if, if possible. That'd be so cool. I yeah. love Shane. I, I'm and the world needs to know about Shane Piasecki. We both agreed on that. <laughs> Instantly, that's what we talked about when we walked in the door was, Shane Piasecki, check him out. He's kind of world-class, and I feel like he's, I don't know, I just, everything about his, let me say a little story about Shane, because one day we were doing demos, and by demos, I mean, go out in the studio, in the cutting room, and I'm just going to put one condenser mic, which I love using one condenser on the guitar and vocal if you can get the performance. You know, I love doing, like, Sing It Loud on uh, yeah. on my record. Night Vision was like that. And the song that Jenny and I did, we just put a mic and figure eight between us, like, and that was the track, you know? Um, but uh, I just did that with Shane, you know? And I'm sitting here one night with my iTunes on. It was on shuffle, and this song came on. It was just like, and it's... And it sounded, I was like, what is that? Just shook me to my core. Like, it was so heavy. And we were going back to the right hand. It's Shane's right hand. Just driving that train. And then the voice came in. It was like, whoa. 
Um, it just sounded famous to me. So I believe in that guy. Yeah. Well, we hope we can get you down to uh, to play for the people down at the roasting room in Bluffton. I know that they would treat you well, and it would be a, it would be a good fit, man. So absolutely, yeah. We really just want to thank you for hanging out with us today. We know you you got a gig that you got to go do, but then we're very excited to go watch. Yay! <laughs> thank well, you so much for your time, Joe. Man, You're the well, best. thank you guys for having me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we had a wonderful time with Joe. He was so welcoming to um, to us both, and and invited us out after this gig. Um, just and I really do look forward to having him here. He'll be here. He will be here. It's yeah. a matter of time. We're gonna figure out a route to get him down here, and look out when he gets here. We're gonna put our trumpets up. And yeah, you're all gonna know. Well, we were we were there as fans for sure, but also as sort of ambassadors for the room. We're trying to reach out to these people who are on a much bigger level and, and not to belittle anything that we have it's all beautiful and wonderful but if we're going to get that regional exposure we're going to have to to keep um digging deeper into the pot and that's kind of what we yeah. were trying to do with this trip and i think it was successful i mean i think when, so too right when we're sitting there and like austin hogue that hook that that played um on the record and, and those beautiful lush string arrangements that you were just hearing um you know, Austin's playing cello and then also going back and playing saw. You know, so there was like cool. an eight-piece band and you got Austin playing saw and you've got all of the heavy Nashville cats. And um, But it was funny, like, when Joe was speaking at the, sh- at, the, at the gig and talking about Austin, Austin had been earlier that day um, scoring charts with Dolly Parton for Dolly Parton's, like, record. And it's just the, the, the timeline of how these guys are immersed in stuff that's constantly cool <laughs> yeah it's just it's really some it's really something it's cool man yeah so anyway joe pasapia fantastic interview look for his um, record connection and all the places that you find music his vinyl will be out he well he said he mentioned that his test pressings didn't turn out the way he'd like them so he's going to wait to make sure that his test pressings are right so that he can press a good vinyl and when he does i will be buying it for sure <laughs> There will be a copy of it here in the roasting room. If you'd like to check it out, library style. There you go. You know, we did mention the trip to Nashville, but we did stop in Atlanta. We had a layover. We did. Let's talk about that. Well, we... uh I have family in Atlanta, and we looked at our calendars, and we're like, well, if we're going to drive eight hours to Nashville, wouldn't it be cool if we could just break it up and if we could see somebody really great in Atlanta? We're thinking Eddie's Attic. We're thinking like that. But we found out uh, Snarky Puppy was playing at the Variety Playhouse, and we've touched on Snarky Puppy in sort of in that sort of Wolfpack kind of vein of, I call it kind of academic music a little bit. I'd I say. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. But, yeah, so we went to the Variety, and uh, we saw Snarky. We Go did. Ahead. Jordan's wearing the well, t-shirt Well, I'm wearing the now. t-shirt because I, I loved him. Yeah, I liked it because it was just different enough to really sink your teeth into. That's yeah. what I really loved about it. 
no no vocals. You know, it was all instrumental, and they care. It was a, at least a two hour show. Yep. And we got out of there. It was yeah. It was two hours, and we um we looked at the demographic of people, and and we even asked the people around. That was your thing. You were like, I want to ask everyone around us what they what why are they here? How why do they care about you know basically fusion jazz like out there fusion jazz? Yeah. And everyone had the kind of a different answer. They're all like it's just or they or they mentioned Pat Metheny or they mentioned the fact and there was an older we were kind of sitting around some older folk, but there was plenty of of young hip. Kids, man, it's just it was a, a real diverse yeah, crowd. It was, man. It was cross gender, it was cross ethnicity, all of it. Yeah, it was just music for people that, and and the people that that dig into fusion, it's a diverse group, man. They're yeah. all over the place, and I think in a, once you get into a bigger city like Atlanta, where what was seven million people that live in Atlanta. You know, and and you have a variety playhouse that seats what two hundred? I don't know how oh, many. Oh, it's big. Uh, That's not not two hundred. It was it was. Oh, it's yeah, maybe a thousand. A thousand. I don't know what it is, Something but like it, a lot of people, but not that many in the midst of a million a city of seven. Sure, sure. Million. Right, yeah. It's pretty easy to fill it up with with. You can go outside of the mainstream, but yeah. Snarky's got a weird thing going right now, man. I don't know how they've got it going. I think it might because Michael League is really good at Instagram, that and I be. think this is a little bit of a symptom of the Instagram musician's bedroom. That's kind of what I think, where Mark Lettieri is another great guitar player, or Lettieri, I don't know how to say his name, Whatever. because I just read him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but where you're seeing these amazing players do, do amazing things in the comfort of their home through Instagram. And before, we didn't have that sort of insight into the practice room. And it's almost like it's, it's, it's creating a culture of reverence for the dedication that it takes to get to that level of musicianship, I think, mm -hmm. and we're sort of seeing a little bit of a resurgence in that. Yeah, there seems to be a movement toward a forced breakaway from the mainstream. In two, in like early two thousand, there was this: oh, everything is getting super poppy. So let's go opposite of that. Let's go to banjos and let's let's get a, a ukulele out because that's weird and it's old and and new and new, right? You yeah, know, because right. it because it's not like overproduced new metal or it's not right. power pop, right? It's not boy band, right? It's like the new boy band, right? So that happened for like ten to fifteen years, and now it's like, all right, we've done that for a long time. What do we do now? I think you're exactly right. So it's like, okay, well, let's. Let's get out a baritone sax, and let's get some really crazy like Rhodes organ and some loops and, and some a baritone heavy. guitar. Right, right. And and get this guy that's playing this giant set of congas with mallets, and just let's make some crazy noises. It was and about put groove. It all together. It it's, was a groove, and groove people is loved back. it. And groove there was no hip. there was no real. I mean, yes, there was definitely melody, but there was no vocal singing the melody to make people like sing along. But I'll tell you this, what that hit me about the Snarky show is you and I, I, I've listened to some Snarky and I've watched like whole shows on YouTube, but I'm not like, I don't know their catalog. But most people did, man. Remember when the Hammond player, um, in, in a very sort of like what I would call a European style of concert, when he asked the audience, when he starts singing it, and he points to the audience, and the audience sang the melody right. to an to a jazz head, you know, to a jazz tune that they had, and and that seems to me a very kind of Europey thing when when yeah. when, when people sing melodies. Like. I noticed that, and I'm like, how is that? How did they? Well, because most people knew, man. We didn't oh, yeah, know, but yeah. most people knew. So yeah, that, that was, was that was very cool to see. But they did have a kind of a hype man. 
you know, on the side that played played an organ. He was the hype man. No so doubt. cool. And yeah, yeah, he was like the. Yeah, he had to be the comic relief to the rest of these guys who were pretty serious. To the heaviness, you know? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that show was very well produced and we're very well put together. Go see a Snarky Puppy show if you, if possible. Yeah, if you ever get a chance. Yeah, you'll or look love him it, up man. on YouTube. It's fun. Snarky Puppy. And now, <laughs> the Roasting Room Rewind. people over at Weights and Co. Weights and Co. played here on Saturday night. 57 tickets sold. Love those guys. Yeah, sounds great. John Waits, you're the man. We'll see you next time. The horns blown, people cursing like they're losing their minds. And everybody rushing off to build a little empire. We all were getting later, he was barely getting by. An old man walking across a four-lane road. Groceries in his hand, grandkids in tow. Holding up traffic like a boxcar train. So like it or not, you got some time to think. I've been running and I've been gunning for that top rung of the ladder of my life. But what's so bad about being satisfied with barely getting by? Me and my brother, we don't talk that much. Going off to bed about the time he's waking up He rents a hand-me-down house on a minimum wage I couldn't blame him if he did, but he never complains But I've been running And I've been gunning For that top rung of the ladder of my life but what's so bad about being satisfied? That was our dear friend Levi Lowry. 
with barely getting by. Who is Levi Lowry? You know, Levi Lowry um, is from kind of outside Atlanta, almost to Athens, so he's kind of a North Georgia guy. He hooked up with with Zach Brown guys early, early on. Well, just because we didn't do a podcast last week, so we didn't really get to do the promo for Levi Lowry, but it was sold out anyway, so it didn't matter. But right, yeah, Levi, um, he wrote Colder Weather, which was a you may have heard that pretty song. good, pretty good <laughs> size hit for Zach Brown. But he, he played he played fiddle with him very early on, like very very early, when they were still getting started. So he knows all those guys; they run around the same circles. Yep. But he he kind of is he used to open for them. Um, but now he's he's um, he's just an icon in in that kind of scene up in up in North Georgia. Um, and John Hopkins was with him, who plays bass for Zach Brown. Um, John Driscoll Hopkins, and he's um, he was funny. He was so funny. And on this song, and I didn't quite get to it yet, but he plays a kazoo so <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I mean, this song is very serious, you know. And he comes in with a kazoo and plays a kazoo solo, and people are just losing it because that's just the kind of guy he is. Um, Hopkins is, but. Yeah, Levi is is well connected in the Atlanta scene, and we love him. He's been here four times, and he comes every six months and just sells like crazy because people lo- love his his dry sense of humor, which is phenomenal. His songwriting is just through the roof. We just I can't I can't say enough about him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Well, and he's also a great guy to have on our team, kind of as alumni of the room who who yeah. loves the room. He loves playing here, and yeah, and he's a definitely cool. a, he's a great ambassador. Yeah. Um, for us, for sure, and he has he has brought in, um, he's brought in some great people, and is going to continue to do so. Yeah, that would be another. Um, I know you had, you mentioned to me off air or whatever <laughs> that you guys were talking about. Um, the trip to Nashville and what we just did with Joe and all that fun stuff. And John said, hey, man, I've got this great room. Yeah, John Hopkins did mention that he also has a awesome studio um, in Atlanta, in, in Marietta. And said, man, I'd love for you to come up and hang out and meet my people. I'm like, yeah. And he also wants to try to get his six-piece band in here, too. Yeah. John's band. Yeah, so that's kind of, I think, um, that's probably going to be on the radar. We can probably, we'll have a podcast where we sit down in his studio and, yeah. and, and talk to John. I think yeah. it'd be really, and again, it's just about extending our reach. Just, just being here and networking and, and continuing to love on the musicians that come in here. That's right. And that's really it. So on our trip, we spent a lot of time together. So um, the eight hours in a road trip with, with, a, with, a, with a friend is always a great thing to do. Yeah. But, um, we're really excited about some of the new things that we sort of came up with for the roasting. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of it a, was a business trip, so we was, business talked. I mean, eight hours of brainstorming each way Oof. about ways that we can improve upon what we're doing here. Yeah, um, and I say we loosely. It's Jordan's thing, man. I'm just sort of a guy in the. No, dude, you're I'm an just, ideas guy for sure. I'm just, I'm just pushing from where I can. <laughs> But, um, He's like, hey, Jordan, you want more work to do here? Yeah, do this. Yeah, that's right. That's what I do. I come up with ideas. But Jordan, <laughs> the difference between Jordan and me is Jordan implements every single idea, man. He goes and I've he throws go. it on the wall and gets it done. So anyway, yeah. it was fun. But yeah, look for some, uh, some things. We've, we've kicked around the idea of a sold-out patch for, uh, for musicians when they sell out the room. But we've got, we've got a new thing that we're going to be unveiling here in the next oh week so, or so excited y'all are gonna love it. I, I think you're gonna love it i love it it was todd's idea and well, I, just, whatever, I almost whatever. i nearly fell out of my seat when you said it. it's funny so i immediately went online and we we and figured out we it. got this thing so you'll see you'll see the next sold out show that we have um well 
after Thursday. Cause yeah, this week, I suppose. The thing that we're talking about is coming in on Thursday. Solid. Anyway, uh, so that's fun. And we're also we're also going to be doing a lot of, of, of video. Um, and not so much on social media, but more in-house. Um, not only filming things here, but also broadcasting things here. And we haven't really dug into that too deeply yet. But our, our um, dear friends at AIC, who is a sponsor, um, we love AIC, Automated Integrated Controls, they are going to install a projector. A very nice projector. 4K projector. So there will be a kind of an unveiling of sorts for that coming up in, I would think, in a couple of weeks or so. Yeah, and just expanding the multimedia sort of experience of a live show. I mean, the screen opens up all sorts of options, not only for, sure, promotion and, and you know, giving a shout-out to our sponsors and our patrons, but also, um, you know, the sky's the limit for what an artist will do with that when you're like, here's another canvas on which you can paint during your performance. You know, we have this capability. It'll be fun to see who runs with it and yeah. comes up with new things. I, I think a lot of them will. Here's another fun idea, too, and I'm just kind of brainstorming on, on air. But um, there are some bands that have very good live video of themselves that perhaps, if they're on their way to the roasting room in the next couple of weeks, could probably be shown prior to another show. No doubt, no doubt, yeah. To give an idea of what they look like. Promotion. Even if it's a little... so. There's, there's the sky is the limit. And we really appreciate not only the support of our uh, sponsors, but our patrons that continue to kick down and step up and really share in the ambassadorship that we're sort of talking about yeah. of the room where the, you know, if you give people the opportunity to uh, carry the flag and, and, and get behind the cause of supporting live independent music, um, it's really, really encouraging um, to see what a great response we've gotten from this community. So big shout-out to Bluffton. Go, you're Bluffton. You're doing great. And to touch again a little deeper on the patron situation, um, we have got now up to 20, I think we're at 25 patrons. That's fantastic. And what they get, and what I've, I've come to realize is Let's talk I, about I this. originally yeah. thought, you know, I think people really want to get stuff. Some people do, but a lot of people want exclusivity. They want to be able to hear from, right from my mouth, basically, what is, what is happening in the room before anyone else knows. I want to be an insider. I want to know way in advance of something that's awesome that only I can get tickets to before the public gets the opportunity. We talked about this quite a bit. The idea that we, you know, some people would look at the roasting room and say, oh, look, it's only 75 seats. You know, that's... You know, what, what do you, how are you going to make any money? Well, okay, it's not really about that. It it's hasn't a, been. It, yeah, it's not about that. And it's about bringing really great music. And so all of a sudden, these are hot tickets. And we can't announce what the plans are that we have, but we're going bigger, man. We're going for bigger fish. And all yeah. of a sudden, when you are going to get some of these bigger names um, in a room that only has 75 seats, it's not a question of will it sell out. Of course it will sell out. But being a patron... And kicking down the hundred bucks, and you get a T-shirt and a coffee mug, and a big thank you. Um, you also get access to these bigger ticket items. Not that they're going to be extremely expensive because there's only so many seats. Uh, I mean, whatever. But it's going to be extremely exclusive is yeah. the word. And 
you won't be able to get these tickets. I, I envision that within the next year, our patronage will exceed our capacity. And once our patrons hear about these advanced tickets, the only way to get these advanced tickets is to be a patron. It will be to be a patron. Yeah. yeah that's what the way I see it headed. I think so too. And, and, and we're going to kick around ideas too, because you know there, there's going to come a point when when the general public are going. There's going to be f- a sense of being left out. Well, but that's okay because we're going to at that point we'll be able to expand into different days of the week. We'll be able to do double shows, early shows, late shows. Like there's there's going to be scale. things we can do. Right. Um, but just know the best the best thing to do for you right now is to be a patron, so that you can be told in advance. Hey, by the way. On June first, we got this cool thing coming. No one knows but you. You're gonna want to know. And and hey, if you want to get tickets to it, just reply. All you gotta do is simply reply to this email and tell me what you want. Yep. And you're on the ledger. Pay at the door. It's exciting times, man. The it roasting is. room, and and it's fun also to be in East Nashville and talk to those dudes who are ground floor because the music industry is such a mess right now. Um, that what's what's the commodity? I mean, what are, what are these guys that I deeply respect have? They don't have fame. They don't have fortune. They they're not getting paid. All they have is the equity of my respect. And, and you know, like that's kind of the thing. Is and their body of work? Yeah, sure, their body of work, which which right, which makes me respect them. Right, of course. Right. But the people that um, that are buying into this aren't doing it to get rich. They're not doing it yeah. for the fame. They're not doing it for anything. It's so pure right now. And it's so it's such a cool time. If you can somehow figure out how to put food on your table, the music really feels clean right now. You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Totally agree, 100%. And we, and we saw that. And, and this, is, um, this is kind of weird, but like seeing the band... At, at the five spot, I'm like, is this the? Are these the guys? Those are the guys. You know, because yeah. it's kind of hard to tell because these guys just, you know, look like regular old guys. Yeah. But man, yeah. they just crushed it. That was so good. Four part harmony. I don't know, you guys. If 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 this band, if if Joe Pasapia brings that band or any iteration of that band, <laughs> yeah. you had better get your ticket. Did we mention we like Joe Pasapia? We mentioned. Did that? we mention that? I think okay, we did. Cool, man. Well, we did play a lot of Joe Pasapia. Um, on this cast, but you know we should probably give a, just a, a quick taste of Snarky Puppy on the way out. Let's do it. Just a taste. Hey, we'll see you next week, y'all. Restroom Room Soundboard Podcast. I'm Jordan Ross. I'm Todd Cowart. <laughs>